Hello and welcome to Export Hub Speak, the official podcast series from the South Australia Food and Beverage Export Hub at Food South Australia. I'm Annabelle Muckford, the manager of the South Australia Food and Beverage Export Hub, and I'm joined today by Avanti Ravindran, Market Intelligence and Consumer Insights Analyst at Food South Australia. In this podcast, we will be discussing one of the topics we have launched in our Macro Trend Report Series as part of the Market Intelligence and Consumer Insights Program. Our topic today is the plant-based food revolution. Plant-based eating is growing is a growing trend around the world. Avanti, could you talk to us about this trend and tell us a bit more? Thanks, Annabelle. Sure. Uh, plant-based eating has evolved from being a niche trend, probably about 10 years ago, um, to almost a way of life for many consumers now who have adopted plant-based eating. Yes. It is moving from trend to, to almost food revolution status, hence the title of our topic today. Um, and this particular trend when it started in 2010, it began with more of an interest in vegan products among a small segment of consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was largely because of their interest in non-dairy products um, initially, uh, mostly soy-based beverages at the time. But today, plant-based alternatives are seen across a large number of categories that have previously essentially just been animal-based. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in food and drink anymore. We also see plant-based formulations extend beyond this into other categories like beauty, personal care, and even household care categories. Okay. So has there been an impact from the COVID-19 pandemic? And if so, to what extent? Yes, there has been. And I think the pandemic, you know, has impacted various aspects of consumer behavior. And this certainly is one of them. uh, the impact that we've seen is seen globally. And if we look at how this has happened, we've seen the plant-based trend growing steadily over the last 10 plus years. But the COVID-19 pandemic, if anything, has fast-tracked it even more. And we've seen that Australians are eating less meat due to various factors, uh, one of them being the global supply chain issues that the pandemic had, had brought on. Um, And apart from this, also health and safety issues have further influenced them to, um, you know, consider other sources apart from animal sources of meat. So if you look at even some of the research that's been done, Mintel reports have suggested that there is a shift in Australian consumer attitudes. About 38% of Australian consumers have agreed that the COVID-19 pandemic proves humans need to eat fewer animals. Mm -hmm. 17% of consumers are contemplating eating fewer animal products, and this is both dairy and meat. And also 34% are limiting their meat intake um, all or most of the time. So it means they're, you know, reducing the amount of meat that they're consuming. Mm. Um, And if you think about the context of this, so, you know, with the pandemic, there was that um, initial uh, theory that, that spoke to how the virus is actually come from animal sources to humans. And if we think about 
um, examples of this happening over many years now with other viruses like SARS and Ebola um, and other examples of uh, avian influenza and uh, swine flu, or many of these examples. But I think with this current pandemic, because of how um, widespread it's been, the awareness that it's brought on for this um, has led to consumers being a bit more concerned about animal sources. Um, and also given that the plant-based trend has you know, reached a level of acceptance globally where there's a lot mm -hmm. more people realizing that that is an option, that's an alternative option as well in, in terms of their diet. Mm. So um, it's reached a tipping point. Yes, yes, in a way, definitely. Um, and the pandemics, you know, played a large part, I think, in, in doing that as well. Um, we also know that people are more keen to, to find out about the source of the products that they consume. So the source of the meat, the uh, provenance, um, how it's been made, but also, you know, farming practices and even mm -hmm. how workers are treated on farms. So they're, they're very concerned about, you know, the ethical and sustainability aspect of um, the source of the, the meat that they consume. Mm -hmm. um, and on the other hand, you know, even if we think about plant-based dairy alternatives, this, this area as well has continued to grow even through the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. Uh, what kind of opportunities does this present to food and beverage manufacturers? So if we look at some of the global data statistics around this uh, trend, we know that, you know, a third of consumers said that they are on a low meat or non-meat diet. Um, and if you look at what this means from a market perspective, the value of the global meat substitute market has grown from being around 2.8 billion in 2009 uh, to up to 4.7 billion in 2019. Mm. So it has you know, grown significantly there. And as we were saying, a lot of consumers are concerned about um, the ethical aspect of this as well, which 63% um, of consumers, according to global data, consider the environmental impact of their purchase decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and this in impacts um, their choices of food um, as well. Um, when you look at brands like Beyond Meat, which have developed plant-based meat products um, designed to have taste and texture just like animal protein, these brands have, have led to you know, making this more of a mainstream um, alternative to, to meat. And they also supply chains like McDonald's and KFC, who now have plant-based options to offer as well. And of course, we've seen this happening in Australia as well, given the interest in plant-based foods, even here. Mm -hmm. The dairy alternatives market as well has grown increasingly popular. And apart from you know, the fact that there are more people becoming lactose intolerant and hence seeking these alternatives, but also just the growing interest in plant-based foods has led to the growth in this, this area as well. And the dairy alternatives market is expected to exceed 35 billion US dollars mm, by wow. 2026, um, of which soy milk is obviously a large segment. But we have seen, you know, lots of other alternatives like nut based, grain based and seed based uh, milk drinks in recent years as well. Mm. So could you give us some actual examples of products that are delivering on this trend and how they are making those claims? Sure. We've um, got two reports that we've actually written on this topic of the plant-based food revolution. 
um, which tackles this macro trend both across plant-based proteins in one report and plant-based dairy in the other report. So uh, we've got lots of examples of global and Australian products in there. Uh, one of the global examples we've seen um, is Nestle, which launched various types of plant-based meat items. Um, over the recent uh, years that we've seen. Uh, but most recently, they've launched a plant-based seafood alternative called Vuna, mm -hmm. which is essentially uh, a plant-based tuna product. Um, and it is essentially said to mimic the, the flavor and texture of, of real tuna. Um, and it is uh, essentially made from six ingredients. So it's got pea protein, water, wheat protein, rapeseed oil, salt, and natural flavor. Um, and the key thing there is pea protein, which is used, is one of the most environmental friendly uh, plant-based proteins that exists. And so it, it's also an indication of how you know, companies are looking at using sustainable sources of plant-based protein in their formulations. Another example that we've seen is the U.S. plant-based meat brand Morningstar Farms. Um, which has introduced meat-free ranges in Australia as well. And mm -hmm. according to their research, we know that Australians are cooking healthier meals in the wake of the pandemic. And also about 65% of Australians' uh, consumers have said that they would cook meat-free meals if the meals were quick and easy to make in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, apart from plant-based meats, uh, the dairy alternatives market, like you know, we've said, there's some great examples there as well, like Swedish company Oatly, which essentially was considered the pioneer of um, oat milk success. Um, and they launched in the US in 2016, and the brand now is available in over 20 countries, and oat milk has become uh, an option uh, that is very attractive to many non-dairy uh, drinkers. Okay. Um, are there any notable examples in Australia? Yes. So some Australian brands are already tapping into this trend actively. And we've seen uh, one such brand, Well and Good, the Australian uh, plant-based meat mix substitute for burger patties, who are known to supply into food service outlets. Um, and they have uh, you know tapped into this trend in a large way. They've also highlighted that there is a clear opportunity to cater to food service operators who are increasingly uh, requiring to put in vegan options in their menu because of the increase in the demand for this. Um, we've seen Bigfoods Group right here in South Australia who have launched a range of premium plant milks including oat, cashew, almond, macadamia, and pistachio milks as well, all of which are 100% um, Australian uh, made. We also know that the uh, South Australian market is set to become the home of plant-based manufacturing very soon with a recent announcement of funding from the government for a project which is led by Australian plant plant proteins who um, already are involved in commercial uh, plant protein production, they are going to work with local uh, producers like Thomas Foods uh, and also Australian Milling Group. And the investment uh, in this project is over 378 million. And it is set to um, set aside to create three plant protein manufacturing facilities, which will be supplying domestic and international markets. 
Mm. Oh, that's really exciting. Uh, so are there any insights around the way forward for this trend? Yes, product positioning is key here when it comes to plant-based options. Um, so instead of just focusing on how they're they are an alternate to you know, meat or seafood, it's also important to differentiate um, how these products are in terms of taste and texture. And so highlighting often how well they're able to mimic the natural taste and texture of uh, meat products is can often be a, a good way to differentiate and uh, highlight the benefits of the product. We also know that you know, consumers are becoming uh, aware of the fact that some of these plant-based options are not always healthy. And so it's important to highlight the health credentials. So things like you know, minimal processing, uh, talking about actual ingredients that are used in the product and highlighting these um, can be really important in communicating to consumers that uh, they're not just plant-based, but they're also an, a healthier alternative. So for anyone who would like to access this or any other macro trend report, they can simply do so by going to the Export Hub website at safoodbevexporthub.com.au forward slash insights. That's great. Thanks, Avanti, for sharing those insights. And I'm sure that this would be really beneficial to all types of businesses in the food and beverage sector. Thank you to all our listeners and we hope that this podcast has been insightful for you and your business.